Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Two weeks ago, we brought you a short series on the developments in artificial intelligence and generative AI, best known as ChatGPT. But in the world of generative AI and ChatGPT development, two weeks ago feels more like two years. We spoke about the first AI-authored collaboration between the musicians Drake and The Weeknd. This week, someone has released The Beatles, singing in the style of Oasis. Two weeks ago, we spoke about the controversy surrounding the revelation that the winning photo selected in the Sony World Photography Awards was actually generated by AI. This week, Google announced it was partnering with Adobe to offer a prompt-based image generator in its AI search engine called BARD. So now, you can generate images, put them in Photoshop to finish them, and post them directly to social media. And Amnesty International has been forced to remove images from its social media, claiming to show violent crackdowns in Colombia after they were exposed as being AI-generated. Amnesty says it was trying to protect the identities of protesters. Its critics question the credibility of Amnesty for publishing images obviously created by artificial intelligence and call the use of AI-generated images an insult to photojournalists who risk their lives on the front line of protests to document the truth. Last week, U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris sat down with CEOs of America's tech companies to discuss the prospect of regulation of AI. And the meeting was so important that President Joe Biden himself dropped by the meeting. Everyone has enormous potential and enormous danger. I know you understand that. And uh, I hope you can educate us as to what you think is most needed to protect society as well as to advance it. This is really, really important. This week in mainland China, the very first criminal arrest was made over the use of ChatGPT to generate fake news. Hello and welcome to the Inside China podcast. My name is Holly Chick. I'm a reporter for the South China Morning Post here in Hong Kong. In our previous episode on AI, we discussed a man in Shanghai who brought to life his late grandmother by creating an AI version of her face and voice. Many people around the world have been creating machine learning altered videos and audios for years. There's videos of celebrities like Tom Cruise. Hey, listen up, sports and TikTok fans. If you like what you're seeing, just wait till what's coming next. Former U.S. President Richard Nixon. Fate has ordained that the men who went to the moon to explore in peace will stay on the moon 
the rest in peace. Current U.S. President Joe Biden. I may be 80 years old and I may have a few drops of dementia here and there, but I'm sharper than a steel blade and vibrant enough to outsmart the best tech geniuses around. As well as North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. Is it not hard for democracy to collapse? All you have to do is nothing. But this technology is also being used for a more nefarious reason. They're using it to scam people. The criminals are really capitalizing on artificial intelligence. And one way they're doing it is through voice cloning. Voice cloning isn't a new concept, but it's becoming more accessible, accurate, and easier to use thanks to AI. As attackers get more familiar with these technologies, what they can do with it, how to operate them, we are going to see an increase in scam attacks. You know, we see malicious intrusions all the time. I would only expect that to become worse of a problem than it is now. Scammers have reportedly been using AI to clone the voices of family members to trick their victims into sending them money. This means they're crafting messages that tailor to each victim, making them appear much more genuine. When I first heard my daughter's voice, I mean, it was my daughter's voice. It convinced me that that was her. In America, imposter scams were the most commonly reported fraud in 2022, with losses adding up to 2.6 billion US dollars. Here in Hong Kong, scams conducted in 2022 through online chats, phone calls, and text messages have swindled people out of 4.8 billion Hong Kong dollars. That's roughly 600 million US dollars and a three-fold search over the past decade. But with generative AI tools now in the hands of the public, these scams are going to be even harder to detect. Such occurrences are happening so much more frequently now that in March, the Law Enforcement Agency of the European Union, the Europol, issued a warning highlighting that the dark side of large language models allowed criminals to exploit them in fraud and social engineering, disinformation, and cybercrime. And last month in April, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission said they would pursue companies who misuse AI to violate laws against discrimination or use it to be deceptive. Even the creator of ChatGPT has expressed his concern over what this technology can enable. I think people should be happy that we're a little bit scared of this. I think people should be You're happy. a little bit scared. A little bit, yeah, You of personally. Course. I think if I said I were not, you should either not trust me or be very unhappy I'm in this job. But what's happening in mainland China? Turns out, not so different from the rest of the world. Back in 2021, criminals in Hefei City had pulled photos from the internet to create machine-altered videos, otherwise known as deepfakes, to lure victims to illegally sign up for Alipay accounts. These fake videos were shockingly real. Their eyes are blinking, their mouths are opening when they're speaking, and they're frowning with all kinds of expressions. One man who reported to the police said he was scammed nearly 50,000 yuan, equivalent to around 7,000 US dollars. But one thing that sets China apart from the US and the EU 
It's a regulation on AI. In China, distributing deepfakes without disclosure has been considered a criminal offense since 2020. But more recently, in January this year, Chinese authorities added more layers to that regulation by imposing new rules on the creation, dissemination, and labeling of deepfakes. He's an AI reading out what the Cyberspace Administration of China said in a statement. In recent years, deep synthesis technology has developed rapidly. While serving user needs and improving user experience, it has also been used by some unscrupulous people to produce, copy, publish, and disseminate illegal and harmful information to slander and belittle others' reputation and honor, and to counterfeit others' identities. Let's find out more from my colleague William Zheng, who reported on the first arrest for the criminal use of ChatGPT in China this week. William Zheng is a senior correspondent on our China desk. Hello, William. Hi, Holly. Let me just clarify at the start here, William. ChatGPT is and always has been banned in mainland China, but it looks like the first person in the world to be charged with using ChatGPT to spread fake news is from Gansu Province in the northern part of China. Is that right? There are some clarifications now we got to make. ChatGPT is not open for mainland China's IP address and Hong Kong IP address. So it was not that China banned the ChatGPT, but internet savvy guys can always use a VPN services. There are plenty of ways to work around it, and I've seen many mainland China friends and the Hong Kong friends using that without much of problem. So let me just recap here: is OpenAI that didn't offer the service to mainland China and Hong Kong users. So William, can you take us through the story? What happened in this fake news story? This story actually allow us to take a peek into China's not so glamorous side of China's internet. How do they make money? In fact, let me set the record straight. Number one, he is not charged because he used ChatGPT. All right, but he is charged because he used ChatGPT. To conveniently generate multiple version of fake news, and he posted online. So he is caught by the police because he made up some fake news. So China cyber police they noticed that there is a fake news about Gansu's train crash. So they quickly went to locate the source of the information. Then they realized that it was published on more than twenty Baidu by Jiahao. Baijiao is one of the service offered by Baidu, where it's like a blogging services, and the cyber police managed to find out that there are over twenty accounts published very similar stuff at the same time, almost simultaneously. So they quickly trace back to the owners of the accounts. Then they realize that this guy, uh, Mr. Hong, is. The owner of the whole thing. He operates a small company. How he make a profit will be he publish all kind of contents online and try to drive some eyeballs into this content, and he can make money out of the advertisings that come with it. But in Baidu's Baijiahao, they have a filter system which actually prevents you from publishing exactly the same content on multiple platforms in a very short time. 
So what's the best way to do? Then this smart guy obviously think of ChatGPT, where it will probably reshuffle a little bit of paragraph at the time. So he basically key in the same news element and generated over 20 versions of the story and posted on all the different Baijia Hao. William, the reputation for China to control what gets posted, or more to the point, remove posts considered offensive, illegal, or criticizing against the government is very well known. How did he get these posts out there? I think people having a very exaggerated thinking about how China controls its internet. It's like just one man in a super high-tech room. Whenever there is uh, undesirable content coming in, he will send the Autobot to just like eliminate it in the fraction of a second. It's not that way. It's actually far less high-tech than what we are thinking of. Of course, the machine will sieve around if you have any typical sensitive words that's already in the sensitive word list the machine would automatically purge it. However, a fake story of train crash is not really politically sensitive. It's largely been regarded as uh, just a social news or accident. So it can really easily pass the sensitive word filter. So it's not really surprising. However, once something starts to gain traction, the cyber police will come over to take another look whether this information is authentic or not. So those are the more labor-intensive jobs. I think the cyber police managed to pick it up through their regular kind of checking on what's trending. So William, was this man charged under the new proposed laws for AI chatbots? Uh, Ironically, no. He is actually charged with something that's very old, and notoriously known to many of the foreign reporters called picking quarrels and provoking trouble. This is a very old charge in China, which has been China's criminal code for decades. It's only in the 2013, the Chinese authorities managed to extend it to cover people have posted and spread fake news or rumors online. William, it's very fascinating that the first official arrest based on abusing ChatGPT actually came from mainland China. We'll continue to follow your stories and obviously also from my colleagues on the China Desk on scmp.com. Thank you very much. Yeah, let's keep our eyes peeled. Let me take you back almost a month when we first reported on China's big tech companies rushing to announce their plans for ChatGPT-style products and services. There was the announcement of our parent company Alibaba and its chatbot product known as Tongyi Tianwen, which translates as Truth from a Thousand Questions. There was also announcements from JD.com, Sense Time, and of course, this came in the wake of the big announcement, and not exactly crowd-pleasing public demonstration from Baidu about its chatbot, Ernie. Oh, hi, Ernie. Two of my colleagues on the tech desk in our Beijing office have been watching the development of these products very closely, and they are Ben Jiang and Coco Vang. Hi, Ben. Hi, Holly. Hi, Coco. Hello. 
Ben, you published what is basically a report card on these companies and how they're matching up with Google and Microsoft. What did you find? I fly tech, which is like a Hefei-based company, Chinese like major tech. The company is known more for like the voice and audio recognition, has like years of technology accumulation in this area. The company last Saturday announced like its ChatGPT like challenger called Spark Desk. So what's interesting with this announcement is like now the company's chairman Liu Qingfang, he said Spark Desk will be able to catch up with ChatGPT's English capacity by end of October and uh, surpass ChatGPT's Chinese capacity by end of October. So making like now the company the first major Chinese tech companies to with such a claim. Like we're gonna like gonna surpass GPT with a timeline because before when Baidu and Alibaba in mid March and in early April like separately launched their services, Baidu's Ernieball and Alibaba's Tony Chenven, they didn't really say like by what time we're gonna like be able to surpass exceed the capacity of ChatGPT. So this is what makes MyFi type interesting. So Ben, what about the Ernie bot that grabbed headlines when it was launched? Baidu's early bot was like launched into like some mixed bag reviews and criticism. Chinese search giant Baidu unveiled its artificial intelligence ChatGPT rival Ernie Bot in a presentation on Thursday that disappointed investors. The shares are down two percent. So apparently, in this Baidu's early bot was launched without a live demo. So the company launched the chatbot with like a pre-recorded audio. Baidu didn't actually interact in real time with right. Ernie, right? They just rolled out this like pre-recorded video. So that's like, you know, what people are questioning the company is like, oh, were you afraid of launching a live demo? Or you like afraid of like something going wrong? So the audience was like, well, we want to see the thing actually work. Other than like, Ernie was launched without a live demo, the other things like you know, some users, they suspect like you know, Ernie Bot using like, you know, chat GPT services because I remember that's one prompt they asked like, an Ernie Bot to draw something for them. And then the user asked like, an Ernie Bot to draw a picture of someone named Wang Bingbing. So Wang is a Chinese surname, but also it means like you know, king in English. And Bingbing can be used in Chinese names, but it also means eyes. So what Ernie came out with is like, you know, a king covered with eyes. So the users suspect, like, you know, so this is not someone called Wang Bingbing in Chinese. This is like when you translate Chinese to English, because when you translate you know, Wang Bingbing to English, it's like king eyes eyes. So this is like, you know, how users draw the connection. I was trying to like to repeat this with Ernie just now, uh, I was not able to repeat the king that I seen image, though. He actually you know, came out with something very different, like you know, some Asian Chinese guy in old costumes and stuff. And also, this is an allegation Baidu already denied. But actually, I think you know, Coco covered Baidu is like an early boss launch. So maybe like, you know, Coco has something else to mention in this as well. Yeah, in terms of the allegation of Baidu copying foreign technology in terms of generating images, Baidu actually responded uh, saying that they used international database to, to train their bot, but it doesn't mean that the technology, they used uh, foreign data to, to train that bot. And I also tested with some other, like, this kind of cases, and they already corrected many of them. So yeah. it's not very certain for us to just say that uh, it's a copycat, but certainly we can tell that the, the challenge for Chinese companies to develop ChatGPT-like services is the, the lack of data in the Chinese world. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. And Ben, there are a few other things that Chinese tech companies are dealing with in catching up as well, aren't there? I think one of the stories published on SCMP.com described it as Chinese AI developers learning dancing with shackles on. Can you tell us what that means? I think uh, for the shackles, like that's like the metaphors for several of the like, most critical components to developing successful LLMs, large language models like GPT. So the shackles are computing power, which is like totally dependent on high end chips made by like NVIDIA. People would probably be surprised that the most powerful and energy efficient supercomputers in the world that are used for molecular dynamics simulations to climate science research to material science research to quantum computing research are powered by NVIDIA. All the way to the other extreme, a whole bunch of robots that are powered by NVIDIA in manufacturing lines, uh, self-driving cars that are powered by NVIDIA, were in very powerful systems, and probably one of the most talked about systems today are the systems at the Microsoft Azure data centers that are powering chat GPT. Well, there are some Chinese companies like local startups trying to like, make potent uh, GPUs to, to be able to like, offer that kind of like, you know, computing power. But the US restrictions on exporting high-end uh, premium GPUs to Chinese tech companies will be like, inhibiting Chinese companies' capacity in training their language models. The second one is like you know, data available to Chinese companies. Uh, you need to like you know, feed large language models with like, lots of data. Like I think for ChatGPT, they claim like it was trained with all the text like they can swap on the internet and dated until like September 2021. But for Chinese companies, because of the problem with censorship, a lot of data are not things that you can find online. People would say like you know, they are not very useful because like, you know under certain censorship, like, there's lots of topic that you cannot talk about. So the data that would be able to train the large language models like not, not very useful. So that's another issue for Chinese companies to catch up in training their language models. And the third cycle is like algorithm. So algorithm, this is where the Chinese companies have the least like inhibition on them. According to analyst, he thinks in terms of an algorithm, Chinese companies are only like several months behind their US peers or international peers. So this is also going to contribute to like this divergent view about how far Chinese companies are behind their competitors globally. Because iFly Techs, they're going to touch up with ChatGPT by end of October, which means like they are like five months behind. Baidu said before the company was like two months behind ChatGPT. And there's a leaked memo, an AI expert from Alibaba Damo Academy. So Damo Academy was responsible for developing Alibaba's large language model, Tony Chenwen. So the AI expert, his personal view is like Tony Chenwen, Alibaba's large language model was like a year and a half behind ChatGPT. So we have like, you know, anywhere from two months and a year and a half. And some other AI experts in China say Chinese major large language models are like two and three years behind ChatGPT. So we have like all just this different like diversion view, just because like the three critical components to like building a successful LMLs, Chinese companies are not very like evenly developed on those three factors. Ben, what's on your radar right now? Like what you're looking for? So um, I got like you know, very fixed by you know iFlyTech's claim like you know, they're gonna surpass ChatGPT by October end, and I was trying to like you know, look up information in that regard. 
So there's a benchmark test called Super Clue. It's like a benchmark for foundation models in Chinese. So according to their test, iFlyTech actually was ranked right behind GPT 3.5. So on top of their list is like you know, human intelligence, of course, and then then second is like you know, GPT four, and then third is like you know, GPT three point five. So the third is like you know, smart desk. So I was wondering like you know, um, what what's their benchmarks like? What what are their like you know, measurements to like you know, rank like you know, I find like so high? So I was thinking about just like reaching out to them and to ask about them about this. So I'm trying to figure out you know, why they rank like I find like smart desks. Ben, we'll be keeping a close eye on what you're reporting and look for your latest stories on SEMP.com. Thanks for the update. Thanks. If there's one story about ChatGPT that we can safely say every media organization has done, it's the one about can ChatGPT replace my job? This is not a new concept. In fact, one of the pioneers and deep thinkers about artificial intelligence is a Taiwanese computer scientist, Kai-Fu Li, who was the founding director of Microsoft Research Asia and the president of Google China, but also the author of two must-read books about artificial intelligence in the past few years. The first one is titled AI Superpowers, China, Silicon Valley and the New World Order. His latest is a book called AI 2041, in which he partners with science fiction writer Chen Xiaofan to visualize 10 future scenarios of a world where artificial intelligence is fully embedded in our society, including what's going to happen to global employment. Of course, we used an AI text-to-voice generator to read from his book. Here's what it says on page 344. Artificial intelligence can perform many tasks better than people can, at essentially zero cost. This simple fact is poised to generate tremendous economic value but also to cause unprecedented job displacement, a wave of disruption that will hit blue and white-collar workers alike. He then gives an example of how this would affect one particular type of job, underwriting loans. While a human underwriter will look at only a handful of measures when deciding whether to approve your insurance application, an AI algorithm could take in thousands of variables, ranging from public records, your purchases, your healthcare records, and what apps and devices you use in milliseconds and come up with a more accurate assessment of your application. Such algorithms will displace routine white-collar work easily, just as software has steadily taken over routine white-collar work easily such as bookkeeping and data entry. Kai-Fu Lee suggests there will be a sustained period of relearning and recalibrating different skills and different jobs, as well as the need for a universal basic income. But right here and now, in mainland China, people are finding out the hard way their jobs can be replaced by artificial intelligence and chat GPT services. Just last month, Economist from Goldman Sachs predicted that ChatGPT-style technology could replace up to 25% of current white-collar work, especially in office administration and legal services. Let's find out more.
We've heard from Kaifu Lee talking about the disruption coming to white-collar jobs. Coco, you've picked up on the disruption to one particular white-collar job in China. People who work as copywriters writing the words for advertising and marketing. What did you find? So there's um, this major Chinese marketing agency. It's called Blue Focus. In April, said that they will immediately end the hiring of third-party outsourcing jobs like copywriters, creative designers, to fully embrace generative AI, which is the technology similar to ChatGPT. This company, Blue Focus, they actually they are partnering with Microsoft in China. Microsoft is one of their clients and also behind OpenAI, right? So this Chinese company said that it will explore new possibilities for advertisers who want to market overseas. I think they are kind of the first Chinese company who publicly responded to AI disruptions. And there are some other findings. Like I got a friend, uh, they, they have a gaming studio. They said that they have recently fired their third-party translators. So they, they will do all the translations via chat GPT. So yeah, Coco, it actually is working both ways as well. There are so many jobs being replaced, but then there are also new jobs appearing based on knowing how to use chat GPT. In a recent story that I wrote in March, there was this China development forum in Beijing and the founder of the security firm 360 Security Technology predicted that a new profession of AI trainers will emerge in China. So what he said was basically that we need good teachers to teach AI, to hear one word and understand two. So then his advice to young people is that we will need to learn how to use ChatGPT, you know, ask good questions to ChatGPT so that we will not fall behind. And it must be very tough to be a young person in a job market in mainland China right now because there's already high levels of unemployment and now there's also fears of job being replaced by AI. So, Coco, I saw that in your story. You talked about something called transcoding. Uh, in Chinese, it's zhuanma. Uh, what is this new job title? Can you tell us more? So this transcoding thing is more of a trend rather than a job title. So it represents a, like a group of young people in China who want to transition in their career paths from quote-unquote less employable industries such as like translators to high-tech sectors which are typically higher paid by learning to write computer code. Um, so in, in the story that I wrote recently, I had two people who are in this transition and they are actually working as like project managers of digital product companies or like in cybersecurity teams and they're on their way to learn about programming. So Coco, have you heard about the concerns that coding jobs will also be replaced by ChatGPT in the future? Yeah, there are of course concerns, but more coming from like entry-level coders. I think for senior engineers, they're not very worried about being replaced. Like the, the two people that interviewed in my story about transcoding, they also are not going to become pure coders. 
uh, what they want to do is something about programming, but they also want a human interaction. So there's one person that her dream job is just to become a project manager of digital products. Well, Coco, as we transition into this AI chat GPT world, are you hearing from the industry about potential support or policies from the government to help ease the transition into this new world? The Chinese government, they drafted a rule to regulate generative AI. But actually, that rule began with a line like this. The state supports self-innovation, promotion, and application of AI algorithms, frameworks, and other basic te- technologies, international cooperation, and encourages the use of secure and trusted software, tools, computing, and data resources as a priority. Uh, so I think the regulation put this technology as a priority before it wants to regulate. And we also heard some good news from Chinese President Xi Jinping, he recently said that China should seize opportunities in AI. And also, days before he said that, the Politburo, they had a meeting saying that China must pay attention to the development of artificial general intelligence, create an ecosystem for innovation, but at the same time, take risk prevention into account. So I think this means that uh, Beijing is actually encouraging the industry to develop the technology, but they at the same time also want to regulate it. Coco, so what's coming up for you? What story are you looking at? Um, so first of all, policy-wise, I think Beijing's regulation is just a draft one, and we'll see what's the final version like and what real impact it will have to the industry. And also companies like Baidu, they have announced some progress of their technology since the launch. And we also want to track how much they have progressed in in their own technology and, and if they're going to catch up with the U.S. rivals. Cool. Thank you, Coco. We'll follow your stories on scmp.com. Thank you. We're expecting the Cyberspace Administration of China to make its final recommendations on laws governing the use of generative AI sometime in the coming weeks and months. And of course, if you want to find out more about the details of that and how it compares to the regulations being proposed by Europe and the US, do go back and check in with our previous episode on a topic, the interview with Matt Sheehan, one of the world-leading researchers in China technology, is a great way of understanding how it all works. That episode is called Who Makes the Rules for AI Chatbots? Until then, I guess we'll wait and see what crazy new developments come from people developing ChatGPT. In fact, as I've been recording this, Google has announced that it is rolling out its new AI search results for people using Google in the US. All the new developments and all the latest news are always to be found on scmp.com. My name is Holly Chick. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.